Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome. This is officially episode one of the Ask LFC podcast. We are here. We are rolling. We've been looking forward to this here for a little while. I'm sitting here with Pastor Mike Moses. What's up, Mike? Episode one. I get to be part of episode one, Harrison. Episode How one. How generous of you. We got. We both have our coffees here. Mine is about a fourth the size of Mike's. I have the plain white Publix cup. He has the super cool brown uh, cup, but we are locked and loaded and ready to go. So I thought um, as we get started at the beginning of the first stretch of this here, I know you and I, um, you know, we've met a lot of the folks that are going to listen to this, but we don't always get to do a, you know, a little introduction of who we are from top to bottom of like, okay, where are you from? How, how long you've been part of Lake Forest? How'd that all come together? Um, so... What's your what's your scoop, Mike? Oh gosh, uh, my name is Mike Moses. What's up? And I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. So being back here in the Carolinas is kind of like this is my tribe. When I figured out that my calling in ministry was not ca- cross cultural, but uh, to uh, uh, lead people to Christ and to follow Him in sort of my own tribe and then be senders to other cultures. That's when Angie and I decided when God called us to plant a church, which that was 21 years ago with a handful of friends here in, in Huntersville. Um, that's why we did it here in the Carolinas. So um, I think that's enough about me. That's awesome. So Lake Forest is a grown-up now. Lake Forest it, it can officially drink, although Lent starts, and so we may give that up. Yeah, we can get to that. <laughs> yeah. How about yeah. you, Harrison? Uh, I was born and raised in South Florida. Um, so not, not a native North Carolina person, um, but moved here, uh, right, uh, as I was getting out of college and started right out of college, went straight into full-time ministry, realized pretty early on in my high school years that I really enjoyed, uh, music and just kind of felt a, a call on a missions trip. Actually, we just, uh, as Mike and I are sitting here recording this, we just yesterday, finished our missions Sunday and it was mm-hmm. on a trip for me that um, I we were doing a morning devotional and someone read uh, from the New Testament where uh, to whom much is given much will be required and in my teenage brain I was like so I should probably do something more with this and just <laughs> play out and and write goofy songs and play with my friends so yeah went into ministry and I've been uh, I worked at a church in South Charlotte for about six years and then uh, in 2013, started hanging here at Lake Forest. Okay, too. Harrison, you and I have never matched this up before. It is a trip that you're calling to ministry happened on a trip, a missions trip, minded to. That's I crazy. was in college, and I was in uh, Kenya, Af- Africa, and they paired me with an African pastor, a Kenyan pastor, and when I saw, I just tagged along all day, every day. He was visiting the people, a part of uh, his churches in these villages, and we'd mm. just come in, sit down. He'd ask them what's going on in life. He'd share a bit of God's word, uh, pray for them, um, and then say, uh, Brother Moses has a word from the church in Africa, and I would stumble through something. Yeah. <laughs> but I just found joy. I remember I woke up in the middle of the night, went out into a field. I still have this journal entry. I said, Lord, the joy of watching the intersection of everyday life and the life that's found in your word pointing to Christ feels like what you made me to do. Mm. For sure, it's what I want to do. So feel free to slam the door and lock the windows on that life calling, but I'm going to go back, change my major, 
and pursue that. Wow. Uh, so pretty cool. And yeah, yeah it's taken awesome. Angie and I to um, uh, Los Angeles for some years, Memphis for some years before we came back here. So mm. um, that's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, um, one other thing, I'll start it. Um, this is called one random fact, so I'll give you a second to think because I have one. I have one ready to go. Okay, okay. That's mildly embarrassing, but it's out there on the <laughs> internet, so I can't get away from it. Okay. One time, here in Charlotte, the church I was at before, there was one of the Charlotte TV stations, maybe NBC, was doing like Church Week. Mm-hmm. So our church band went on and played on TV, and they asked, "They're like, is there anything you know interesting about you we could have fun with for a second? So I ended up solving a Rubik's cube on local what? TV. <laughs> so there, yeah, I can't do it anymore. I learned how on YouTube. Harrison. It's not, it's not, it was not as impressive as it sounds. Wow. You're, yeah. you're smarter so, than you generally so, let on. Solved, yeah. solved a Rubik's cube on television. <laughs> so that's my random fact. Okay. Random fact. Since this is ask LFC podcast, I'll make it an LFC fact. When we're sitting around in our green room weekly for worship planning, and, and we really want our sermon series to, tell us a story that's rooted in scriptures and leads to greater discipleship. But we also think of creativity. And when the creative ideas start spinning out to the ridiculous or the like, okay, that's worshiping at the altar of creativity and not the Lord God Jehovah, someone, either me or Tracy Grubbs, will usually invoke the Love Survivor series we did way back in the day in the Lake Norman YMCA we did a lot of ridiculous stuff <laughs> in that series that the Lord might talk to me about one day when yeah. I'm kind of up in his mansion just kicking it with some extra time. He might say, you know, you might not ought to should have done it that way. So love survivor is our code word in worship planning for let's come back. Uh, and this, this may be getting too far here. Getting a little yeah. too weird. Yeah. yeah um, I, 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 I understand that. We've, we've all, you know. We've all been there, and you live, and you learn, and now we don't do Love Survivor anymore. So no, we don't. All is good. We don't. All What's right. our subject today uh, for to, our to, episode one? Yeah, That's pretty to, weighty. It is pretty weighty. So today we thought for episode one, we, we were going to jump into something pretty uh, timeless, but also timely, because we are... I like what uh, you did there. Uh, thank you mm-hmm. very much. Mm-hmm. That'll preach. Um, it will not preach. Uh, don't ever put me up and give me anything more than 30 seconds to say on a stage. Just side note. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we are, as we're sitting here, we are just, just about to, uh, enter into the season of Lent and maybe, uh, maybe by the time you hear this, you'll be getting ready for Lent or maybe by the time you hear it that, uh, you'll, you'll, we'll be already rolling into the season of Lent. But I think there's, uh, there's plenty around this subject that people, um, people get confused about because like I, for example, I grew up. Uh, in the church, but I grew up, uh, my dad was actually a a worship pastor in a Baptist church. Mm -hmm. So like any, ain't no Lent up in there. There's no Mm -mm. Lent. There's Mm -mm. any, any, anything that has to do with, you know, uh, traditional liturgical, like church calendar things. Um, that was, that was nowhere Mm -hmm. on any of our brains. So I've learned a lot even since being here, um, at Lake Forest about all this stuff, but people also had some questions, and we got some questions, so here we go. Time to start. Question time. Here we go. Ask <laughs> okay. LSE Podcast Episode okay. 1, Question Time. Question okay. 1. Uh, this was a good one I've never thought about. Why is it called Lent? Harrison, that's an excellent question. Oh, thank you. And I've had to learn all this myself. Uh, 
only 10 years ago did we at Lake Forest, uh, 10 years into our, uh, we were an 11-year-old church, begin to practice Lent as we we were, we're clearly, we're a modern worshiping church. We try to speak uh, con- uh, contemporary language when we teach the Bible, language that normal people understand. We speak the musical language of the soul, of the predominant adult culture, uh, for example. Um, and yet we realized that uh, we had a calling as a church to also root ourselves more firmly in the best of 2,000 years of Christian history, like to not act as though our generation was the first generation to make up how we worship and follow Jesus. So there's a lot to learn, and there are scriptures about that. And so Lent is one of the, the ways that we've chosen to practice being an ancient future church. Uh, the word Lent, uh, actually, it, it's, uh, that's an old English word. The original word used in the church was quadrigamissima, something like that. Okay. And it's Latin, and it means 40th. Um, and that has to do with the, the derivation of what week Lent was originally observed, but it came to mean um, it's a 40-day progression toward the cross and the empty tomb with Jesus. Now, our word Lent actually is an old English root the, uh, from some old English word that means springtime. So mm-hmm. it's about the time of spring. Uh, I think we would generally more associate it, though, uh, even though the English word doesn't mean that, with it's it's the start of forty days journey toward Easter. All right. See, you already learned something because I don't think anybody knew that unless they got on Google. So that's let good, me try to say tidbit. that again. Quadragasima. Quadragasima. Quadrasima. There you go, everyone. Quadrasima. So, if someone asks you what Lent means, you learned it here first. Um, okay. Uh, another question. Uh, this is a lot of a lot of people around our area who are more familiar with Lent, it's because they grew up in more of a Catholic background. So uh, for some people, they've let us know when they come in and hear us talking about that, it's a little, it's a little weird for them. Mm -hmm. They're like, wait, isn't that like a Catholic, isn't Mm -hmm. that like a Catholic thing? Why is that happening here? So what's the... Well, and a lot of folks who grew up like you and me, Baptist, um, uh, will have people ask the same question from a different angle. Hey, isn't that a Catholic thing? Like... I didn't think that was Protestant. Uh, Lent uh, is a Catholic thing, but in the in the way that we use the word Catholic in the Apostles' Creed, uh, Harrison, you've led us in the Apostles' Creed in the last series week about weekly, I think. Uh, and at the end, we say, "I believe in one holy Catholic Church." Mm-hmm. The word Catholic, I think most of you will know, means universal. That's the original meaning of it, and we keep, a lot of Protestant churches won't say the word Catholic in the Apostles' Creed. They've gone in and edited it. I don't think it's cool to edit something yeah. uh, like from the 3rd, 4th century that the church, uh, universal, global, has confessed. I want to say the same words with them, mm-hmm. and I, th- I think we can, w- we can understand that it means the universal church. And the practice of Lent actually began when the church was one, before the, the Christian church began uh, fracturing into the various denominations that we understand today, when it was just one church and all fully connected. So as early as about the year 130, there's a reference in an early church father's writing to a season of fasting. It didn't refer to a period of time, but a season of fasting approaching Easter, taking Easter seriously seriously would be my dumbed-down way of saying it. 
by the 300s, it was uh, uh, almost universally observed, hmm. uh, a 40-day period. Uh, oh, by the 600s, Lent, uh, historians think, Lent generally had the same practices that we talk about today. And it, today, it's not just Roman Catholic. We didn't just at Lake Forest say, hey, we want to be ancient future, let's grab this Catholic thing, Roman Catholic thing. It stayed with the Roman Catholic Church. Lent always has stayed with the Eastern Orthodox Church, which is a large sector of Christianity. At the Reformation, most of the Reformed churches, Lutheran, Presbyterian, etc., uh, have continued the practice of Lent. It's really the Baptistic arm of Christianity, and then in America, a lot of, uh, like us, our Presbyterian denomination that um, uh, uh, went a little more low church for a hundred years or so, uh, fell out of practice of Lent, and, and we feel like it's this treasure that we have rediscovered. I do. Yeah. In my walk with Christ, that we've rediscovered. Since, since, since it's been more of a, since it's been something that has been a part of, you know, my own spiritual journey, it's, it's just like a, what it's felt like to me that's been really neat. And we'll get into this more here in a little bit with a couple more of these questions, but just the, um, the spiritual healthiness of whatever it is, but, but giving a, giving a direct season to that idea of fasting, of, um, of going without for the purpose of focusing more on something that God is doing in you has been, has been really neat and has been something, you know, before being here from time to time, um, I was aware of and had practiced a little bit, but like anything with, when there's a, a season to it and a regularity to it, it's really helpful to make that something more than just like randomly like, Oh, I got a big job interview coming up. I should fast. Okay, now that's done. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Time to party. So it's been really neat for me. Um, so a- another question for you, and this this is a good one. Um, why why do we participate in Lent uh, if it's not in the Bible? There's no chapter and verse that says, and here I right. command you for 40 days before observing of Easter to, it's not a direct like, do this. Thing. I've been asked that a lot, Harrison, and it's a great question, and I, I have two clear answers. Uh, the, the second one will be about the Bible. The first one, um, when we first started practicing, uh, considering practicing Lent at Lake Forest, I just had this huge aha moment. I grew up, frankly, being sort of judgy toward people that I would see on, or, or particularly in my late teens and early 20s, uh, were my greatest judgy years as a Christian. Um, I, I still have to <laughs> uh, die to that. But um, I kind of judge people, oh, they've got that little ashy smudge on their head this day. They're doing Lent, giving stuff up. Oh, that, those are people who are relig- religious Christians. They're probably not heartfelt Christians. Mm. We don't do that. Um, and so you that can, by like a, by by being that set into a thing that it, it's like you're you're locked into a practice rather than a relationship. Yeah, yes, because of the language from the Reformation, I was stuck with the tape in my head that uh, that that would replay and go. Oh, because that is a repetitive action, uh, liturgical or traditional or whatever, they must be doing that as a way to make God God happy with them. 
which is works righteousness mm-hmm. and not understanding that that we're already fully approved we're already made fully righteous in Christ by faith and now we live out our faith out of approval not to gain his approval I only knew how to interpret those uh, traditional activities through works righteousness that was my own limitation um, then I understood you could uh, now that may be true for any given person yeah. uh, but I came to understand oh my gosh I'm the I, I'm the guy like I've lived my whole life just showing up on Easter Sunday and like oh hey it's Easter it's a little extra special day like Easter is the fulcrum of history it is the pivot point of my faith and my personal history and kingdom of God history and it's it it all of a sudden just flipped and I thought it's so much more faithful and rich to spend 40 days uh, in preparation for, focused upon, in anticipation of preparing my own life through repentance, confession, fasting, practicing uh, of a positive practice or two with my fellow believers going, this is it, man. Uh, uh, so that's my, that's the number one answer. But uh, but why do we participate in it when it's not in the Bible? It, I, what is in the Bible, it, it, what is so biblical, uh, the Gospels, each of the four Gospels, and then John being a special case in the extreme, each of them spends a far disproportionate time in their writing. The Gospel writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit, spends super focus on the mo- there's a moment each of them marks it differently in in Luke 9 which was our passage in the sermon yesterday it says and then Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem well the gospel of Luke is a lot longer than 9 chapters so the so there's this beginning we get introduced to Jesus his birth and then his uh, his baptism and his early ministry calling of disciples and then in in really all four of them the primary focus is his journey toward Jerusalem for the purpose, and we're told in various ways by various gospel writers, uh, where the Son of Man will lose his life and then on the third day rise again. The Gospel of John, actually like 80% of it is the on the way to the cross hmm. and then through to the empty tomb. So, so it's actually... I only discovered this. I only re- realized how this connects to Lent, that we as believers, if we want to be uh, informed by the Scriptures, formed by the Scriptures, then we would be uh, Christians who are that, like that percent of our faith is so focused on the meaning of the cross, the anticipation of the cross, the experience of taking up our own cross in identification with Christ, and then the joy and the victory and the power of the resurrection. So in that sense, it's fully biblical. Another way in which it's biblical, uh, and this will be our, our sermon, uh, my first sermon in the, in the season of Lent, uh, is that Jesus started his public ministry with a season of 40 days of fasting. And meditating on God's word, um, we'll be teaching on that passage this Sunday. I'm I'm excited about it. And then the, the 40 days is significant all throughout Scripture. The 40 days of rain for Noah, the uh, 40 days of Elijah in the wilderness. There's multiple multiple instances of this, and so it's entirely biblical that the church pulled all this together and said, "We're going to practice together 
a journey toward the cross and through it to the empty tomb of 40 days uh, identifying with Christ on the way to the cross. That's awesome. Okay. Um, oh, 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 there's one more answer. Okay, one more answer. The, the, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I, like, I did identify with that question. Well, it's not in the Bible. Why do we do it? And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You know what's in the Bible that we quote all the time is Hebrews 12, 2, which says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross so that we may not grow weary. Oh, we're, dude, it's like the most biblical thing in the world yeah. to spend 40 days specifically fixing our eyes on Jesus on his way to the cross. And he did it for joy. And when we fix our eyes on him, we therefore, Hebrews 12, 2 says, will be less inclined to grow weary. And it's had that effect on me. It renews me, the, the season of Lent, in, the, yeah. uh, in some of the practices. Yeah, it's it sound it's like um, I I think it sounds like it's some of some of the other spiritual practices that we make a part of our our lives, which is um, there's some of these things that like like we said, there's not a chapter and verse that says do this thing, but it's kind of you look at the picture of scripture and you say this is a good foundation block and this is a good foundation block and one by one you kind of build this thing as a practice that you go there's nothing but solid good stuff all the way here and and the finished product of it is is something that can really as we just talked about in this last series really help us to put our roots down and let God begin to to grow something up in us so it's been a it's been a neat practice and I'm excited for uh our Ash Wednesdays we get ready to get it started and kick it off so um what what is the deal then with the um here's the the next question because <laughs> when you talk about the you talk about the the people that maybe observe it and maybe it was just a part of your uh, a, a lot of the practices that we have if you don't know why you're doing them mm-hmm. sometimes it just becomes like a well I do this just to do it and then when it's just a, I do it just to do it some you may look at Lent as like well uh, okay I guess I'll give up chocolate this year. But that's just like chocolate bars. I'll still eat a chocolate cookie. You're like finding all the way. It's it's uh-huh. not like it's a thing that you do. You don't really know why you're doing it. So what's the deal with like the giving stuff up? What does that mean in this whole picture of, of the Lent thing for people? The, the, the best known and the primary uh, historic practice with Lent is fasting from something specific that um, is either distracting in your life or... Maybe it's an okay thing, uh, but not super positive. Um, uh, we're supposed to fast from sin anyway, so it's yeah. not like, hey, I'm going to give up that sin for 40 days and pick it back up. Yeah, right on uh, Easter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it, it's really more about things that either either represent something habitual in your life that maybe it's not a bad thing. Uh, I gave up the type of, the style of music. I, uh, the, the first time we did Lent at Lake Forest, we practiced it. I gave up the specific style of music that I had just gotten into, and I was just playing it all the time in my car, at home, in my. And I realized this is not a bad thing. I still love that kind of music. I, I had it on last night while I was doing some things. But to fast or have a, a specific period to go without something, um, and, and when Jesus uh, was uh, tempted in the wilderness by the evil one after forty days of fasting. Uh, the evil one said, hey, uh, why don't you turn this rock into bread? 
uh, since you're hungry. And Jesus said, uh, uh, he quoted a scripture from the Old Testament. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so uh, we fast from something um, that may even be good. Bread was good. Yeah. He was hungry. He needed to eat, and he probably ate very soon thereafter. But he was saying, for this period of time, I'm, I am abstaining from something that's even good. And for me, it was uh, electronic dance music for 40 days. It's a good thing in my life. I enjoy it, but I'm abstaining from it. And every time that I'm just about to hit that radio button in my car, every time I was about to pull out my iPod and put on my headphones and sink into it, um, I would re- quote Jesus, oh, but man does not live by bread. I don't live by music entertaining me alone. Uh, Lord, I'm hungry for your word during these 40 days, and, and I want you more than EDM music. So, so that's sort of the basic practice, and that's the deal with giving things up. It, again, it can, it can become merely a religious practice, um, just like going to church in, in worship weekly or reading the Bible, uh, attending a small group can become merely religious, a repetitive behavior. Mm-hmm. However, if we dial into the intent, if we do it with intent in relational connection with God, then it's a, it forms us. And, and we do this because Jesus did. He fasted right at the beginning of his public ministry. Uh, a couple of times he says to uh, people he's teaching uh, or the religious leaders, a couple of different ways he says, when you fast blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Just like he says, when you pray. And we kind of get it that, oh, Jesus says when you pray, and he taught us to pray. So I, uh, to follow Jesus is to be a person of prayer. We're a little less, it's a little less common in our tradition to be like, oh, Jesus said when you fast. And he kicked off his ministry with fast, fasting. And there was one demon he, he uh, cast out that his disciples couldn't. And they said, why? And he said, because some things are only possible through prayer and fasting. Like there, so fasting is a practice that um, God's word shows us has some power to form us, and it has some power to um, to uh, break some strongholds, either in our life or in someone else's life. Um, I was just sitting with a family that has a family member in great crisis and under great duress, and and. We uh, uh, talked about that fasting on behalf of that family member would be a powerful way that God has said would mm-hmm. be one way to to join God's desire for breakthrough in that person's life. Um, so yes, the giving things up is the best known practice, spiritual practice at Lent, um, and I, uh, I have. Uh, it might be a bad habit. It might be a waste of time. It might be something that's permissible but not beneficial. Um, so one year I gave up uh, listening to sports talk radio hmm. in the car because that's all I ever did in the car, and I had a longer commute during those days. And it wasn't – I love sports talk radio. It, it unstresses me because it's people arguing vigorously about stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and I just set my mind on, on cruise. And that was, but I had gotten too addicted. That was the year, one of the years the Panthers went to the Super Bowl, and yeah. I was just jonesing on sports talk radio. And so when I would get in my car, instead of turning that on, I would just, I would talk. I fasted from that to put on talking to the Lord more often, for example. Yeah, and that second part, I think, is the, the part that's been really neat to see as like a, 
as a as a reestablishing of Lent in the lives, especially of people that grew up practicing it, mm-hmm. that I've talked to, is there there can be um like one of the pitfalls of this because of the way that we're wired, and even even when you are aware, I'll speak for myself. I I don't know if you're the same way, but there are days and there are points where you don't hit play on the music, and you know rather than rather than turning it into any kind of um, prayer or spiritual exercise. It's just kind of like this mental, like gritting your teeth and be like, I'm giving this up for you, God. I'm, (laughs) I'm suffering with, and you move on like, okay, this is just the thing I do. It's, it kind of stinks and I'm, and you move on with your day. So like the, the second half of that obviously is like the, that's kind of the, the first part is the thing you do. The second part is kind of the point where if you do, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you do step one of the giving up, without the step two of then saying, uh, entering into a conversation, uh, with, with God about it, it's kind of, it's kind of a little bit fruitless. And that's a, that's been a pitfall for me on some days where you're, you're, you know, whatever's going on, you just give the thing up and you're like, no, this kind of stinks. Yeah. And so what I encourage, that's, I'll go back to the scripture I shared earlier. That's why I encourage my Lake Forest friends. You're right. If it's just about, can I endure not eating chocolate? or drinking red wine for 40 days. That's, I mean, okay, but that's about willpower. Uh, Instead, our intent is for this thing from which we fast, when I jones for it, when my fingers get twitchy to do that thing, or or I I go to the the pantry reflexively at the time I'm going there to eat that snack, whatever it is, or I want to hit that radio button, that that's uh, a moment to sort of, oh, uh, this is my moment to now, as Hebrews 12, 2 says, fix my eyes on Jesus, who for joy endured the cross. And for, and for me to, in this small way, I'm, denied, I'm doing what Jesus said that we preached yesterday. I'm denying myself. I'm taking up my cross to follow Jesus on the way to the cross, which will crucify things in me that need to be crucified. And in this moment, I'm crucifying a small desire in order to fix my eyes on the much greater, the treasure, the pearl of great price, the treasure worth everything, which is knowing Jesus. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's Then there's the joy in it, is if I allow it to fix my eyes on Jesus in that moment. Harrison, then there are a few other practices for uh, Lent, which will be the subject of our uh, part of our podcast next week. We will have kicked off Lent through Ash Wednesday. We will have had our first Sunday. Um, we, we, we came up with this incredibly creative title to the sermon series this week, Harrison. Yeah, it's, it's really It good. is so good. Mm-hmm. It's so creative. Yeah. I think churches around the globe are going to be copying us on this one. Are you ready to reveal it? Well, yeah, I'll give you the The sermon honors. series that starts this Sunday. Yep. It, this series is called Lent. Oh, man. You know, in... I remember in our meeting, once we came up with that name, we're like, we should be in the business of naming things. I'm going to send an email to American Idol and say, hey, name idea, singing contest. That's what <laughs> so they should have called it. That's, yeah. It's really would have been more clear that way. But no, yeah, uh, Lent is the title of the series, which, hey, you know what? There's no false advertising going into that, but also yeah, yeah. on the serious note, it it does kind of speak to, which is why we're we're doing this and why, um, you know, we we really 
Uh, ho- hopefully, if you're listening to this on a Monday or a Tuesday and still have time, that we would, we would love for you to come be a part of our Ash Wednesday services. Is that we we as we got together with our staff team that 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 gets together and says what it, what is what is what do we feel like God um, wants to speak to our church about in this year that's upcoming. It was pretty unanimous across the board that we looked at this particular stretch of the calendar and said, um, rather than any of the other 20 directions we could go of leading up to Easter, we all looked at it and said, we should just really, really lean into um, going through the season of Lent fully together, embracing it, yeah. um, teaching teaching more about um what it means yeah, it's been a few years we realize it's it's been a few years that to really focus and teach clearly what is the practice of lent we've kind of been presuming that everyone attending lake forest now had been with us for 10 years and that's not the case at all we've sent a lot of people out to plant new churches and a lot of uh, new friends and faces so i i'm really happy about it i uh, i also just it gives me joy and comfort uh, and encouragement, frankly, that we are uh, we're going to use the the traditional lectionary uh, for for those of you who know more about that than your average bear. We're going to use uh, lectionary A, <laughs> and those will be our texts on didn't, Sundays. Didn't, didn't know that existed before coming here, but yeah. it's it's very cool. Uh, it's a thing yeah. uh, in concert with uh, most churches around the world. This is how they organize their worship, and so uh, the texts are Jesus. Uh, on his way to the cross, and I, I'm excited about it. So hmm. that is our first podcast episode of Ask LFC. It's for the season of Lent. Yep, I like it. I I would say, in terms of ranking episode ones, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ask LFC way up here, Star Wars episode one, significantly lower than how good our episode one is. You know, uh, hopefully we won't find out later when we listen to this back, yeah. that we had a Jar Jar Binks moment that, you know, that really just marks episode one forever as the, the low point of the franchise. I feel like we would know if we had a Jar Jar Binks moment, but you would assume <laughs> that they would have known they had a Jar Jar Binks moment and they did not. But so, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. And they were, they being George Lucas. That's so, right. He was, yeah. yeah he and was, we're just us. Yeah. We're, which, which, well, we're better at naming things than him though. We just established. Yeah. That's, that's true. I mean, one more time. Lent. Yeah, uh, mm. space battle. That could have been a good name. I, yeah, just descriptive. Yeah. So, um, well, here's what we <laughs> here's what we want you to know as we're getting ready for um, episode two. If you are listening to this now, you have figured out at least how to find us. But we we want to hear from you. Uh, our plan for this podcast over the next uh, six weeks or so, as we move through the season of Lent, is we want to we want to directly interact with what's happening with the teaching on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. and uh, give give you guys the opportunity to reach out uh, to us with any further questions about any of this stuff. And there's plenty, there's plenty to dig into um, as we move through the season of Lent. So here's how you can do that, and here's how you can get us your questions. Number one, uh, we are going to post on Facebook every week um, right, right around Sunday evening or Monday morning and give you guys an opportunity to say, hey, uh, as you heard the teaching on Sunday, uh, what questions would you guys have for the podcast for us to talk about? Or number two, we set up an email address, 
lfc at lakeforest.org that you can email uh, us at any time uh, to send your questions. And so our plan as of right now for the next six weeks, we're going to try and sit down with you guys every week and follow up some from the teaching with uh, uh, with with Mike a couple times and with Jeff and, and Mitch here um, mm-hmm. just a little over the next stretch. So we 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 will have better stuff to talk about if you guys send us some questions. So please join us and be exactly. uh, participate with us in this. But we're excited to do it. We're looking forward to episode two. And anything, any last words? Uh, my last word is this one: Quadragesima. Happy, happy Quadragesima, Harrison. Happy Quadragesima, everybody. See you guys next time. <laughs>